Welcome back to Sports Touch with Crom, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, David Cromelo. From January 22nd to 27th, Sports Crunch will be hitting the road and going to Mobile, Alabama to cover the 2018 Reese's Senior Bowl. It is something I have been meaning to do for quite a while, and I cannot wait to bring you all nonstop coverage that week of one of the big events in the lead-up to the NFL Draft, as virtually the entire NFL universe will be descending on Mobile, Alabama in thousands to get a glimpse at the next crop of potential stars. And to help us break down this exciting week, it is an honor to welcome back another friend of the program who will also be down in Mobile, bringing you terrific coverage from the Senior Bowl. He is Pete Smith of NFLSpinZone.com. How are you, Pete? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited, just like you are. Yeah, Pete, I'm excited, too. I'm definitely looking forward to meeting you in person for the first time, uh, but unfortunately, that's going to have to wait nine more days. But without further ado, let's get started talking about uh, this year's Senior Bowl, which uh, uh, promises to bring a lot of fireworks, especially at the quarterback position. And that's where, obviously, most of people's eyes will be primarily on uh, because we have 2017 Heisman Trophy winner Baker Mayfield and a polarizing yet uh, tantalizing prospect in Wyoming's Josh Allen uh, attending the week of practices down there. Uh, But let's talk about Baker Mayfield for a second. Has Baker Mayfield already done enough to solidify himself as a top five pick, if not the first overall pick? For me, yes. For, you know, the scouts and NFL at large, no. Uh, I think First and foremost, he's going to get measured. That, that'll be big for him. Um, everybody's going to sort of hold their breath waiting for him to, to, to figure out where he actually, how, how tall is he essentially, hand size, all that good stuff. Uh, none of that's official till the combine, but this is certainly going to be a little bit of a hint of that. Um, beyond that, obviously Oklahoma plays in predominantly in a gun-based offense. Uh, this will be an opportunity for him to – Take some snaps under center, see how he does with that, and then throws to some receivers he obviously hasn't. Uh, you know, the, this de- doesn't strike me as a thing where it's going to really make or break him so much, but I think this is going to be one more sort of checking of the boxes. It's going to sort of make people feel better about him. I also think it won't hurt him uh, that whatever reputation people feel like he has. Uh, with the, with off-field stuff, I think this is an opportunity for him to sort of actually be able be in person with people uh, and, and get people sort of a sense of who he actually is. I completely agree. This week is going to be an, an extraordinary opportunity for Baker Mayfield to uh, make himself a top-five pick, if not higher. But what does he need to do specifically during the week of practice in order to quiet those doubters in the scouting community? Well, I think mo- most... Mostly, I think the things that will help him is I, I genuinely believe that the thing that one of the things he has always done really well at Oklahoma is his teammates love him. And I think there's a part of this where I think that that charisma, that aura is going to have teammates sort of drawn to him in Mobile. Uh, the, the guy I sort of uh, compare this to would be Derek Carr when he was there or the other one that, that had a, a genuine presence you felt when he walked in the, in the room even though he wasn't a good NFL quarterback, was Taj Boyd. They just sort of had this sort of presence that he was, that they were the man when they walked in. And I think Mayfield may have that, and that's going to certainly help him. But just, I mean, just executing more traditional NFL uh, throws, uh, the traditional drop dropbacks and those things, all that's going to help him. I, I just don't think it's going to be uh, something where it's going to help him so much that anyone's going to change their mind based on it. I think it's going to be just a another sort of little notch 
along the way. Most certainly is. And now let's talk about Josh Allen, of whom there have been a lot of mixed reports about recently. And some people still believe that despite an absolutely disastrous 2017 campaign, he could still be the first overall pick. As uh, Peter King of Sports Illustrated reported a couple weeks ago, some wouldn't be shocked if your Cleveland Browns took him first overall. But I'll be on the flip side, another friend of the program, Benjamin Albright, who is also very close to the Browns organization. He's consistently told me to not buy into the hype of Josh Allen as a top 10 selection. How much can a solid week of practice in Mobile boost Josh Allen into the conversation of being a top 10 pick or higher, despite his absolutely poor tape this season? Well, first things first, I think that, that people who are reporting that he's in the, in, in, the, in the market for the top overall quarterback are doing the kid a disservice. He's not. And I think what's happened is, is is when Peter King or one of these others asks scouts, they'll basically say somebody will take him high, but the natural follow-up question is, would you? And no one's going to own that. And I think this is sort of what happened to Deshaun Kaiser last year. Is a lot of people sort of assumed somebody's going to grab him high, then nobody does, and now he's sitting there at the 52nd pick. I don't think Josh Allen is going to go quite that low, but I don't think he's in the he's really in the running for a top ten pick. I think it's more of the twenties because he's a multiple year guy. And if you take him in the top ten, he has to play. And if he, you know he's not ready, so you're basically taking him for the coach after whatever coach you have. So for example, let's say the Broncos were at five were to take Josh Allen, they might as well fire Vance Joseph now because he's never going to have a chance. It just doesn't make sense. As for Mobile, this is going to be a a week to really show if he's even worth talking about at this point he is incredibly talented but he's been so bad in terms of consistency that he's gonna if if he doesn't show well in shorts without pressure you know in a perfect environment for him to just make the throws that people sort of drool over him with then what's the point so i i I think mobile the senior bowl in general i think the combine are going to be in line with that it's whether or not he's going to be a first-round pick at all. If he goes out and he can't hit the broadside of a barn for a week, that'll sort of be it for the hype with Allen. Whereas if he if he goes and you know makes consistent throws all week and looks like the guy people buy into and highlights and all these clips and stuff where he makes these incredible plays, then you're going to keep hearing about him being a potential top pick. It'll be very interesting indeed, but I can also say that uh, you bringing my Broncos as a potential expert for Josh Allen at five, uh, as of right now, based on what I've heard, I could say with near absolute certainty that that's not going to happen. For example, um, it's a consensus uh, among many in the Scotty community, including in the Broncos organization, that Paxton Lynch had even better tape in college than Josh Allen did. And you know how Paxton Lynch obviously turned out. And the Broncos are definitely not going to repeat that mistake based on what I've heard. Just want to let our viewers know about that. So uh, it, so it looks like Benjamin Albright uh, is uh, has a better grasp on this situation at the moment than Peter King does. And it's going to definitely take uh, amazing week for Josh Allen to even get into that conversation, as you said. Completely agree. But as I've said on this program numerous times before, I am very intrigued by this year's running back class. This year's running back class uh, on paper could be as good or better than the 2017 class. You got, obviously, Saquon Barkley, Darius Geis, Ronald Jones, uh, Sony Michelle, Nick Chubb, you name it. But four noteworthy names are going to be down there in Mobile. And Arizona State's Kalen Balazs, Oregon's Royce Freeman, Rashad Penny of San Diego State, and Akram Wadley of Iowa. Which one of those four has the most to gain from the Senior Bowl, and which one has the most to lose from the Senior Bowl? 
I, I don't think there's any question Rashad Penny's the guy that has a chance to really make a name for himself. Um, the big question with Rashad Penny uh, is, is competition he went against. Uh, he's a one-year wonder of sorts because he was waiting behind Donnell uh, Pumphrey at San Diego State, who was you know, incredible for three years. And Rashad Penny was sort of waiting and waiting and waiting. And when he got in there, he you know, got over 2,000 yards. He's also a pretty good receiver out of the backfield which, you know, generally showcases well in this type of event. The question he's going to face uh, in this, and it's a good, you know, place to do it, is is how well he can pass protect. Despite his size, it's just not an area where he's he's done particularly well. So that'll be something that can really help him if he does well or, or, or will get some questions. Um, I think Royce Freeman has questions uh, in part – because if he does participate, it's going to be interesting that teams look at him and go, well, you skipped your bowl game, your team's bowl game, and now you're participating in this. Um, there's just some – there's an old-school mentality with that for that, that still bugs NFL teams with guys who, who, who don't play in their team's bowl game and all that stuff. So, you know, and, and stylistically, I think he's an incredibly talented back – but he's also a bigger back, and they generally uh, don't shine in these type of events purely because it's not full contact for the most part, at least in the practices. And it's more about what can you do in the receiving game, what can you do as a blocker, and if, if Royce Freeman could potentially struggle with that as well as the interview process. It'll be interesting to watch that indeed. And now let's move on to the wide receivers. And it's a pretty deep group down there this year with James Washington of Oklahoma State, Michael Gallup of Colorado State, Alan Lazard of Iowa State, etc. But one name who's starting to get the buzz is New Mexico State's Joel Scott, who stands at a towering 6'6 and 215 pounds. Do you buy the hype on this kid? And how high can his draft stock climb with a good performance? I don't know if I buy the hype, but certainly he had a lot of production uh, in college. I mean, that's always a good thing. I mean, he's big. I mean, that's going to be a thing. Uh, to, does he use his size well? I mean, 6'6", 215 listed. We'll see what that actually turns into when, when he gets, you know, measured. But certainly he's a, a big guy in a big group of receivers. I mean, he's not the only big big receiver. Javon Wims, who recently uh, accepted out of Georgia, and Marcel Aitman are sort of that – Big group. Alan Lazard is another big receiver. So I, I think Jaleel, Jaleel Scott has an opportunity, but it's not like he's he's going to be the only guy that sort of fits that bill. I think there's a lot of competition, and, and I think it's a really good group of receivers in general. Uh, what other names should we pay attention to aside from the ones I've uh, mentioned? Well, Michael Gallup is from Colorado State's a, a big-time player in a lot of people's minds, uh, extremely productive for Colorado State. Good size. People like the way he uh, uses strength, hands, ability to separate, uh, make make plays after the catch. Uh, he's a guy who has a poten- potential shot to, to, if he tests well and everything, to be a second rounder. The other guy I think people really need to keep an eye on is Cedric Wilson from from Boise State, uh, who's been a phenomenal player for the past couple of years. His production's off the charts, uh, and and he's a second generation NFL player. Uh, again, athleticism would be the question. He's a little, he's thinner than maybe people would like, but just in terms of going up and getting the football, he's just an absolute playmaker. 
Thank you very much, Pete. And another group I'm interested in watching is this tight end group. Uh, originally, I was very lukewarm on this tight end class, but I've grown to like it a lot more over the course of this season. It's definitely not as good as last year's class was on paper, but there's still two names that could definitely make some noise in this process, and both of them will be in Mobile. I'm talking about Dallas Godert from South Dakota State and Mike Jasicki from Penn State. How high can the stock of Godert and Jasicki res- respectively climb uh, with a good week down in Mobile? I mean, depending on who you talk, talk to, Go- Godert has a shot to be the top tight end in the class. Uh, it, among the seniors, he's he's been phenomenal. He helped South Dakota State beat North Dakota State in a pretty sizable upset for them. Uh, you know, he's got, he's, he's essentially a yoked up wide receiver as are all these guys. So, you know, he'll have the opportunity against bigger time competition. Uh, still you, you'd expect the tight ends to have an advantage just because they're used to running routes. And if they go against linebackers and safeties, they generally will have a little bit of an advantage. So I'll be curious to see what he's able to do. Uh, Jusicki, again, he's another receiving tight end as all these guys are. Uh, but you know, when it was Saquon Barkley so much of this year, but when they needed passing plays, Jasicki was the guy who got the ball. Uh, and, and that was the big guy, you know, against Ohio State where they really didn't have an answer for him and they didn't give him the ball. Even He had a big day, but even didn't get in the ball enough to where you think he would. The guy I'm sort of curious about in this in this format is going to be Ian Thomas from Indiana just because he's he's very highly regarded among scouts. And I just haven't seen enough of him to really evaluate it all. So I'm just more or less, you know, going almost as a fan in that respect to just see what this kid can do. Pete Smith making me even more excited to go down to Mobile. You can follow him on Twitter at underscore Pete Smith underscore. And you can catch his work at NFLSpinZone.com. And you'll notice who he is on Twitter, given the fact that he has a Monty Python picture as his Twitter avatar. And uh, Pete, uh, just to let our listeners know, Uh, I will be focusing mostly on the offensive skill position players, given the fact that I am a fantasy football snob, dare I say. But uh, knowing how you have a much more diverse eye for the game than I do, you will be definitely be paying attention uh, throughout on each position group. And now let's proceed to the offensive line. And four names that are getting a lot of attention that will be down there are UTEP guard Will Hernandez, a couple of small school offensive tackles in Alex Kappa from Humboldt State and Desmond Harrison from West Georgia. And last but not least, Brian O'Neill of Pittsburgh. What are you looking for specifically from each of them during the week? Uh, you mentioned three tackles I'm really excited about. I, 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 I like what I've seen from Alex Kappa. I like I really like Desmond Harrison as an athlete. Uh, you know, th- these are guys are guys who haven't seen a ton of competition, Humboldt State who may not even have a football program much longer, which would be a shame. And then West Georgia, uh, but Brian O'Neill, uh, a former right tackle moved to left tackle, uh, on a, on a, on a really strong offensive line last year for, uh, pit before they lost, uh, their, their left tackle and guard to the draft. Uh, I am curious to see these guys all have extreme length at the position. So this will be a huge opportunity for these guys all to, to show what they can do in pass protection, particularly in the, uh, the so-called pit drill, the one-on-ones. Uh, you mentioned Will Hernandez. Uh, I know Bronco fans are very excited about him because they hired uh, a UTEP coach uh, to help with the offensive line up there. So a lot of people are connecting dots. Uh, and that's going to be a really fun group because they, there's an extremely talented group of defensive tackles this year. 
Uh, and and regardless of how they're divvied up, at some point you're going to see Hernandez and and some of these other guys have to go up and, and try to move these guys off the ball, and that's going to be certainly worth watching at practice and, and ultimately in the game. It definitely will be, and yet another reason for both you and I to get some of the practice tape from the Senior Bowl to take home because those uh, one-on-one matchups are uh, essential to watch if you want to get the most out of uh, evaluating these uh, trenches prospects. And let's go to that defensive side of the ball. And a name that uh, at least three of those guys are probably going to have to block is a name that a lot of eyes will be on, and he is Marcus Davenport of UT San Antonio. What is your impression of his game tape, and do you think he can be a first-round pick if he shines down in Mobile? So Marcus Davenport, he's listed at like 6'7", 265, and and he's sort of hard to get a, a figure on tape. Like he's very impressive against who he's playing against, but it's almost like an optical illusion because he's so tall that it's almost hard to get a gauge of how just how fast he's moving. Um, so I, I don't know if he's quite first round material, but in, in so many ways, this is, this is sort of what the senior bowl is going to be about is, is seeing just what this guy can do against this type of competition, how, just how quick he is. Uh, and, and because no one is going to realistically want to put this kid in a two point stance in the NFL, how does he come out of a three point? How explosive is he coming off the ball and how, how well can he use his hands? Uh, he's, he's certainly become one of the, maybe the most Intriguing storylines is there are a lot of people who, who think really highly of Davenport. Uh, he, you know, I, I, I tend to think he's more going to be a day two guy, but certainly uh, he could be a story similar to Tenno Passanio uh, out of Villanova last year, who was a second rounder of the Chiefs, who had a pretty nice rookie season. Uh, not quite the same body type, but just those type of freaky long athletes that, that, that play at small schools and, and have big time games for the next level. He will be one to watch indeed. And another name I'll be watching on the defensive side of the ball uh, when I get the chance is Alabama inside linebacker Rashawn Evans. And I believe Matt Miller currently has him ranked as the 15th overall prospect in this class. Uh, does Rashawn Evans have more to gain or more to lose from attending the senior ball? I think he's got a lot to gain, and, and, and partly because I think in some respects he's overrated. And, and it's just because... Uh, in, in some ways, you're bit, if you're a fan of actual production, Rashawn Evans simply doesn't have it. I mean, he just hasn't made a ton of tackles in that defense. And you're basically trying to make the argument that Alabama is so good year in and year out, there just aren't many tackles to get there. Um, but but that is a challenge. And he was he's significantly less productive than. Than, uh, than uh, the linebacker they had last year. He's you know not nearly as productive as guys like uh, Micah Fitzpatrick. And then he does he's not going to have – he's going to have some nice defensive tackles down there, but he's not going to have Deron Payne in front of him, for example. So yeah, there's there's a huge opportunity for him to showcase just how he can do. And whether it's – whether you believe that he just didn't get the production but he has the talent – uh, this will be a good opportunity for him to showcase that. Uh, but meanwhile, if, if you're not a huge believer and he doesn't have a big week, you can sort of attribute to the fact that, well, he wasn't that productive in college anyway. Yeah, going to be a pivotal week for Rashawn Evans. And you mentioned the defensive tackles, and we got three of them that are going to be down at the Senior Bowl that have received first-round buzz at some point or another during this season. And they are Deshaun Hand of Alabama, Maurice Hurst of Michigan, and Derek Nadi of Florida State. Which of those three are you looking forward to watching the most that week and why? 
Um, out of that group, probably Maurice Hurst. Uh, he's built like uh, Aaron Donald. Now that's you know that's he's got the frame. I don't know if he's got quite the same level of game, but he's a quick guy. He, he causes problems, draws double teams be, because he's such a fast guy off the ball. Deshaun Hand is is basically a wall. It's just really tough to move him off the ball, uh, which is certainly valuable if you want more of a three four end type, or maybe maybe teams will still like him as a three technique. Nadi is a, a very technically sound nose tackle. He does a great job of being able to use his hands and fight off blocks while using his eyes to locate uh, locate the football and sort of track it down. Uh, but the guy you didn't mention is, is the guy I'm most excited to see out of that group is Harrison Phillips out of Stanford, who, was, who you know waited a little bit uh, in the process to declare. But he led his team in tackles as, as a nose, uh, and he's just a phenomenal player. His production – was was great last year when he had Solomon Thomas on his team and, and he went from being, you know, a really nice second player second option for them to being the basically the biggest producer on the team in sacks, tackles for loss. Um I'll be curious to see exactly what he weighs in at because he's listed six four, two ninety five, and if he's close to that two ninety five mark, I think he'll be similar to uh Kelly Gregg, uh, who played at Nebraska so many years ago and Harrison Phillips is actually a Nebraska native that went to Stanford. Uh, but he's just a tremendously talented football player. Pete, thank you very much for joining us to preview the 2018 Reese's Senior Bowl. It's going to be a very exciting week down there, and I definitely look forward to covering it with you and uh, learning from you down there. But before we let you go, um, we uh, have one more question for you. Uh, the secondary group, from what I've heard, it's rather underwhelming this year, but is there a name amongst the corners and safeties that could surprise and shoot up draft boards drastically as a result? Um, I, I, I would say first, uh, it's not a great defensive group entirely. Uh, I, I agree. I think what's going to be interesting is there's a ton of small school guys to see who steps out of that. Um, I, I suppose if there's one guy, I think they could make, make a big, some buzz out of it. It'd be probably Darius Phillips out of Western Michigan. He actually started his career at Western Michigan as a receiver, then moved to corner, and he's a guy who has a ton of pick sixes. Uh, he's also got punt return, kick return ability. He's incredibly fast. Some people call him basically the the Mac Adoree Jackson. Last year, he's not going to look great in terms of he's, he's sort of a, a thinner build, but he's just a tre- tremendously gifted competitive football player, uh, man cover corner who should show well in this type of format. So he'd be a guy I'd look out for. Thank you very much once again, Pete. And that's all for our Senior Bowl preview here on Sports Crunch with DCROM. And for daily coverage from Mobile in the form of blog and audio entries, be sure to check out sportscrunch.com and follow me on Twitter at sportscrunch. And once again, that is crunch with a K. And if you enjoy these podcast episodes, please consider leaving us an iTunes review and donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash sportscrunch so we can improve our iTunes ranking and afford to produce even more shows with awesome guests like Pete. For Pete Smith, our producer Chris Broadhead, and I'm David Cromwell saying so long and, of course, stay awesome.